I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We're staying with the conversation just a little bit longer today. So we talked about this weaponization of words, uh, the president going down this path in terms of Republicans and changes to Social Security, Medicare, and so on, uh, and recognizing what it is and what it isn't, uh, and that the politics of it all prevent us from having the real discussion that needs to be had, uh, which is how do we move things forward? But as long as both sides are just going to weaponize the words and take things out of context, it keeps us a safe distance from getting to the solutions the American people are really going to need. And so we're real grateful to have uh, on the program Chris uh, Pope, uh, who is with the Manhattan Institute. And uh, Chris is someone who gets it from a standpoint of let's just look at the dollars and cents. Let's look at what is reality and what change really looks like, not demonizing or scare tactics. And uh, Chris, appreciate yeah, being on the show with us today. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, so let's get into the the how not to do <laughs> entitlement reform. You wrote about that in National Review. Uh, but give us some sense, uh, and let's start with something like Social Security, Medicare. We know that they're are eventually going to go bankrupt, uh, and there are things that have to be adjusted or shifted or changed. But we seem to be having all the wrong conversations, uh, and no one really seems to be too interested in getting to the, the right solution. So where are we really? Yes, I mean – the deal with uh, Medicare and Social Security, and it's really especially Medicare that's a challenge, is both those programs basically promise benefits to retirees. Um, and as the population's getting older, there's more retirees and there's fewer workers to pay for them. So that's a bit of a problem. But, but the biggest problem is really in Medicare, is that Medicare promises to pay for any new medical technology that's developed and used, prescribed, regardless of how useful it is, regardless of how effective it is, which really just fosters the development of technologies that have low value. Um, and that is extraordinarily expensive over the long run, and it sort of compounds the expense. And so Medicare's cost is sort of on a trajectory to, to double. It's currently, I think, for the first time a couple of years ago, it's more than the entire Defense Department um, in 10 years from now. It'll be twice as large as as we spend on national defense. So not only is it large, it's increasing very, very rapidly. And this is at a time that the tax revenue of the economy is not going up. And uh, we're certainly not able to just say, okay, we're not going to worry about national defense. We can move all that money over. That's not going to happen either. So we can't really go on as we are currently on track to go on. Yeah. And so one of the things I know that you've uh, written about and talked about is uh, about Medicare reform. Uh, so how do we actually go about uh, a rational, reasonable, beyond the, the rage and fury of the politics? How do we actually have the right conversation about Medicare? Right. Well, the dirty little secret of Medicare reform is that both parties want Medicare reform and actually have been cutting Medicare for 40 years. Uh, so Medicare has always been an unsustainable cost trajectory. Um, but Congress pretty much every year cuts Medicare. Now, Republicans don't like to talk about this. 
Democrats don't like to talk about this, but whenever there's a big budget agreement or a big piece of legislation, usually it's funded by Medicare cuts. Uh, even you know, six months ago, we had the Inflation Reduction Act. About half of the spending in that legislation was funded through cuts in Medicare. The Affordable Care Act, about 10 years ago, Obamacare, about half of that was paid with uh, cuts to Medicare. Um, the sequester that happened uh, in, 20, in 2011, that was cuts to Medicare. Um, pretty much every year there's a budget agreement, Medicare will get cut uh, to pay for it. So both parties realize that the Medicare cost is completely unsustainable, and they're happy to agree to take money from Medicare and, and trim its expending, expenditure every year to pay for this. And so because of this, you know, it's always the case that looking into the future, Medicare is unsustainable, but we actually always seem to manage to make it a, a sustainable by cutting from it. And, you know, beneficiaries, are, for the most part, their access to care remains pretty good, and seniors remain happy with the program. So it can be done. We do it all the time. It's just like we pretend that it doesn't happen. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm so glad you're bringing light to that because uh, it's one of the things that's hard to convince people that it's really happening. And both sides are doing it very quietly, as you said. And it's just kind of part of those massive omnibus bills or those spending packages uh, that all kind of gets rolled in there. Uh, and so it is happening. So, again, those those benefits are being tweaked that way. Uh, we noted that Brian Riedel uh, on Twitter had, had talked about uh, some of the Social Security and Medicare, you know, not – People being excited that it won't be reformed, uh, but just how, especially for the young people, uh, that they're going to have to continue to have increased payroll tax uh, just to, to keep things going uh, for the people who are already retired or soon to retire. Uh, and the chances of them actually seeing that are uh, are pretty slim to, to none is, is my guess. So how do we have the right conversation when it comes to Social Security? Uh, as you alluded to, uh, there just aren't enough workers anymore uh, to, right. to pay it forward. Yeah, I mean, Social Security is basically so, – so it mostly operates through today's workers paying for retirees. It's not like people put aside money and, and then it's invested and, and you get it back when you're retired. There is no pot of money anywhere. It's basically today's workers paying for today's retirees. And as there are more retirees and fewer workers, that means each worker has to pay for more retirees to keep it in balance. Well, the reality is – Workers, there are more workers. They're not paying more, and so the balance is, is shrinking very rapidly. And 11 years from now, uh, that's just going to run out of money entirely. There, there is not even going to, we're going to not be able to, to to pay the bills. And so, Medicare, Social Security is either in 11 years' time, we're going to have to decide to raise taxes, we're going to have to decide to cut some people's benefits. And probably we're going to end up deciding having to do a bit of both. Yeah. Um, 
But for the next 11 years, we're probably going to pretend, have a lot of politicians pretend that we're not going to have to do either. Yeah. <laughs> and just out of basic math, that's just, that's just not going to work. That's right. I'm I mean, like... it might work for the next 11 years, but it won't work after that. Yeah, that's right. It's the, uh, it's the magical math of Washington that uh, no, one, no one else can live under, no business can survive under. <laughs> Uh, but somehow in Washington, the uh, the pixie dust uh, is a plenty, and uh, it's been interesting to me that the again, and I blame both parties for the the way we're talking about it because we're not really talking about it; we're yelling talking points uh, at each side. Uh, but it's interesting to me that the younger generation hasn't really caught on to this to say, "Wait a minute, I'm going to be paying all of this in," and as you say, it's likely to to be bankrupt or going to have to totally be overhauled in 11 years. One way or another, which usually ends up hurting the poor and the most vulnerable the most, if we have to end up at that place on the on the scale. Um, so, how is it that uh, we have this different conversation? Not uh, <laughs> ten years, eleven months, <laughs> and twenty nine days from now. Uh, but how do we have that kind of conversation now? Yeah, well, I, I, I would actually say that to some extent we can just about afford to put off the Social Security conversation for a little while, if you look at just the, the amount of numbers, it, it, Medicare is the really, really expensive one. Mm, yeah. Social Security is getting a little bit more expensive, but, but by trimming benefits a little bit, or at least the growth path of benefits, and by, um, by uh, maybe altering the payroll tax slightly, you, they'll be able to fudge it and get through. Uh, I don't think that's actually the big cost challenge. The, yeah. the real big, huge cost challenge is Medicare, and it's mostly this technology thing. Yeah. Um, if you actually look at the spending projection, as a share of the economy, just the aging of the population and um, the price that we pay for medical care, the cost of the Medicare program in terms of its share of the economy it consumes w- would go down slightly. Mm. What's really causing the Medicare costs to, to explode it's the fact that we're saying we're going to pay for any new technology, right. no matter how weak its effectiveness is. Yeah. And that just fosters a gigantic amount of innovation that's ultimately fundamentally pretty low value. Yeah. That's, that, that's the problem that Medicare needs to address. And that, that's actually something we can do a reasonable job of addressing uh, over the medium term. Yeah, fantastic. Great insight, as always. Christopher Pope, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us and helping us get a little light on the real conversation we need to be having. Thanks for being with us. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you. All right. Again, that's Christopher Pope. So, again, starting with with the president, uh, weaponizing, demonizing the Republicans uh, for a plan that does not exist when it comes to Social Security or Medicare. There is no legislative text. There's nothing there. So grandma's not going to be pushed off the cliff. No one's losing benefits. Uh, this is pure politics. And both sides do it. But I'm, I'm going to remind you that when we weaponize words, it keeps us a safe distance from having the conversation we need to have for the American people. And that's where the president was wrong and continues to be wrong. And it's where the Republicans continue to be wrong on a host of other issues. We've got to change the conversation if we're going to change the results. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. 
but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.